Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods. Um, today we have Roy Taylor of Traeger Grills and Mike Stembridge. Um, we were supposed to do this at Barbecue Land, but Brian couldn't make it. He had plans. And uh, we hit up Mike, and Mike's like, come on down to the shack. So uh, we got to do it where Mike pours all the baits at. So thanks again, Mike, for letting us come down and have a couple beers and eat some meat. Thank you again, Roy, for making the meat. And thank you again, Roy and Barbecue Land, for the donation on the first charter for the Traeger. We talked a little bit about that as well. Um, Monday, we have Keith Wilson from Florida, swim bait guy. Really, really good, good, cool guy. So he's on. That'll be a fun episode. And we got a couple other good ones coming up. I got I to gotta look at the schedule. Um check out the patreon this month is three uh depths first place gets adepts on a rod second place depths third place depths um everyone that won the prizes previous and i'm lagging i'm really sorry guys i'm uh, going on vacation from work uh next week so i'll have all of that out thanks again for listening uh do me a favor and give us a five-star review on itunes and uh subscribe on youtube Sorry about YouTube. I've uh, been super busy, so I'm going to get all those episodes up as soon as I can. I think I'm like four or five behind. So uh, I'm going to try to catch up. And that's about it. Check out the Patreon. Thanks, guys. Oh, there you go. It's <laughs> perfect. All right. Welcome all right. to Cast and Crank. This is a round two with uh, Rory. He's famous for the uh, remark uh, meat farts. Was it beef farts? Yeah, it was. That's right. Beef farts. <laughs> He's a. He, this was a long time ago. He was our first a lot of minute with the guest. Um, we did the whole Traeger thing, and uh, he's a representative of Traeger as well. So he's a big fisherman and he uh, loves a barbecue. Yep. So I figure on this one we'll catch up with Rory and kind of ask him about. Uh, he moved. Yep. So how's the fishing now? No more coastal fishing as much as. I don't know if I should tell everyone where I moved to. Keep that place secret. <laughs> to everyone migrating well, well, you're inshore now how about that very inshore <laughs> landlocked fresh, no. fresh water fishing now yeah i moved to utah yeah so it's a, it's a different fishery oh yeah it's completely yeah. different obviously yeah um there's ice there's snow so you got to get pretty pretty scrappy and resourceful in the winter time if you want to pull on fish but spring summer fall gets super good 
There's also a little bit of bass up there, but nobody really fishes them, which is kind of cool. Yeah. There's a small little tight-knit group that really gets after it. Yeah. Uh, a little tournament circuit. So I did a couple of tournaments oh, last year, you? which was fun. Oh, nice. And, um, yeah, and then um, obviously tons of trout. Fished strawberry a bunch last uh, year. Got a couple good days with some big cutthroats and stuff like yeah. that. And then now that I got, like, one full year under my belt up there, I kind of have an idea of, where i need to go and want to go and what i want to try to catch and fish and stuff so should be fun i'm really looking forward to this year are you gonna do more tournaments yeah really we're gonna do the whole so i met this kid hunter hunter loveless super mm -hmm. cool kid um kid fish is super hard it reminds me of all the boys back home yeah and um so anyways him and i fished a couple tournaments and we had a lot of fun it was kind of ironic the first um tournament i didn't catch anything that we could keep he caught them all and then ironically the next tournament i weighed all of them and he caught nothing so that's we just works, we though. just I need mean, just yeah if we can just both catch fish on the same day which yeah be, that's that's a, just a good opportunity um have you is there musky or anything up there or like uh yeah have so you gone yet? i think this guy a lot of people spearfish up there which is kind of weird freshwater yeah really yep no way. And a guy just speared a 30, I think it was a 36-pound muskie. For tig muskie. Tiger muskie. They'll, they'll no shoot way. anything. Trout, smallmouth. It's it's kind of not what I'm but they'll, used they'll to. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have, you ate, have you ate muskie and smallmouth or anything like that? I don't, I've, I don't eat bass. <laughs> and I don't like trout. <laughs> we need this on video. Let me Mike's here. <laughs> oh, there you go, Mike. There you go. Is that good? Down? Perfect. Down, down, down. Is that better? Yeah. Better? That's, yeah. That's, that's better. Was he in three? Yeah. Okay, perfect. All right. Back on top. You had him over here on the left. Oh, that's why. That's why you couldn't hear anything, Mike. All right. We could hear you, though, if you want to talk. I can I, hear you. Hi, everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, we were going to do it with Brian. I wanted to do it. Uh, I got to get Brian on still, low-budget Brian. He owns a really cool place called Barbecue Land, and uh, he's a very good saltwater angler as well. So I wanted to get him a tournament guy, calico guy, so something I'm really interested in. But his uh, son came down, so he couldn't make it. So we'll do another one where we're going to go there and do some cool stuff. But back to Roy. Trout, are you throwing mini jigs and stuff? Um, I'm trying to get into fly fishing. Really? It's super hard. Like, it's hard. Do you have a guy up there that shows you how to do fly fishing? Yeah, a ton of people I work with are really good fly fishermen. Okay. And so... I got enough intel and stuff. The problem is is that it's just hard. I mean, that line is tiny. My fingers are fat. The weather is cold. Shooting and stuff. Have you tried to, like, shoot and do all the... No. <laughs> so, it's fun. I love it. But it's yeah. just like, you know, I, I, I really just fly fish when I go with guys and know what they're doing. Yeah. But when I've been fishing for trout, you know, really when the weather's good, I just fish bass while I'm up there. You know, yeah. but in the fall, those big cutthroat... You know, you're just tube jigs, cast masters, all the standard yeah. trout stuff. It's it's not really like, you know, you don't have to get too crazy and creative with those things. How is, uh, we were talking about, how is your uh, fishing everywhere you go doing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that happened, I'm trying to think when that started. So what happened was the way this started was I went to, excuse me, Tennessee for work. And when it was pouring rain, we pulled up to the hotel, and behind the hotels, there's this massive pond. 
And I like asked the lady jokingly, I'm like, oh, is there, do they, is there fish in that pond? Do they fish? She's like, no, it's just a field. It's flooded. And I was like, oh, okay. And then we went to dinner, and I'm like, right next, went to dinner right next to a Bass Pro Shop, and I'm looking on my phone. I'm like, holy smokes, there's lakes and ponds everywhere in Tennessee, right? And we had a like a three-hour gap in our schedule the next day, and so I'm like, ah, oh, dude, screw this. I'm going to go buy like a cheap little travel rod and a couple things and see what I can figure out. So anyways... Go buy like a twenty dollar telescoping Shakespeare rod, preloaded with probably the world's worst six pound test, <laughs> and I bought like all the cheapest stuff, like you know the Bass Pro brand, everything. And I went to a couple of ponds. Nothing really happened. I ended up catching a crappie, and then I hooked a small bass. And fish were kind of surfacing, like rising, coming to the surface, doing their thing. But this is what was nuts. This was enlightening to me. Was two bald eagles showed up and perched on these massive trees around the pond nothing they didn't show up they didn't come to the surface there wasn't a bite they knew no those way. freaking birds were there it was unbelievable that's crazy yeah so anyways bailed woke up the next morning we had another hour it's pouring rain i'm like i'm not gonna go and i laid there i'm like i bought a fishing license i bought all this stuff i have to go right <laughs> so i go back to the same spot to this pond and there's two ponds smaller pond about the size of like a cul-de-sac and then a bigger one caught another little crappie whatever and then i hear fish behind me just like kind of going berserk and I ended up just, like, tossing in. I was just fishing a drop shot, just a little worm, dropped it in. First cast, got a little one. I'm like, all right, stoked. Hearing them, switched to a little underspin. It was lights out. Damn. It was, like, 45 minutes. I probably caught, like, 15 fish. Dude, the biggest great. one was probably easily, like, close to five pounds. Damn. Pouring rain, freezing cold, soaked to the bone. And you're so, you're so stoked. You're like, yeah, yeah, and I was like, boom, all right, this is rad. <laughs> so then I started traveling with the telescope and rod and stuff, you know? Which one do you use? Now... I'll get to that, how I got to yeah, that point. Yeah. So I, I, I was going to Michigan, and it was in the summertime, and it doesn't get dark till like 9.30, 10 o'clock there, right? And we had a pretty busy day work-wise, so I didn't even think to bring anything, but we finished up a little bit earlier than anticipated, a couple hours before dinner. <clears throat> I'm like, oh, dude, there's water everywhere in Michigan. They call it like the land of lakes or whatever. And so I got on the, the telephone machine, and I was like, all right. I was like... Best Pro Shop? No, they probably won't be able to give me much intel. And there was one store called, like, Michigan Outdoorsman. I'm like, oh, that makes sense, right? It was, like, in it off way out in the middle of nowhere. I drive out there, and it's like, it was like they converted a 7-Eleven or a Circle K from, like, 74 and turned it into, like, <laughs> like an outdoor shop. And then what was nuts was they had these swim bait rods in, like, literally a five-gallon bucket. They were, like, 130 bucks. And then in the case, they had $15 pink shakespeare reels in their glass i'm like you got the 130 dollar rods by the front door and the 15 <laughs> reels in the case going. i'm like and then they had like this like it was like they bought all the tackle from walmart and then put it in their store yeah and then it was like they had like this uh like pepsi refrigerator that was like half straight mountain dew and pepsi nothing else and then bait, <laughs> bait. and then this dude was like army vet hat big old beard glasses and he had a clip-on light and it's like three in the afternoon or like what is like six in the afternoon clip-on light on his, his thing you know zero facial expression people would come in and then like they would do something and then they would leave i'm like this must be like a front for something yeah, <laughs> like this <yeah>. is bizarre <laughs> so i'm asking the guy i'm like hey this is my deal i'm in from california i want to go you know just want to catch a fish like can you point me in the right direction and 
he's giving me all the normal stuff. Oh, go down to the lake and go down to the wreck, this place and that. And I'm like, no, man, like you and your buddies just got off work. You're going to have a couple beers. You want to catch a fish. Like, where are you going? He's like, oh, man. He like he and and hawing. <laughs> so I'm like, he's like, okay, do you know where so-and-so road is? I'm like, no, I just told you I'm from California. Like, I don't even know how I got here. <laughs> So he's explaining to me where it's at, and I find it on Google Maps, and it's a triangle pond on this field, on like a big old like farm pond. He's like, yeah. He's like, there's fish in there. I go, cool. I go, how do you know there's fish in there? He goes, well, for the last 15 years, me and my buddies, after they have a bass tournament, we go down, and after the weigh-in, we catch all the fish, and we've been throwing them in there for 15 years. And I'm like, no way. He's like, yeah. I'm like, sick. <laughs> and he's like, I go, well, who owns it? He's like, I don't know. I go, you've been fishing that pond for 15 years and you don't know who owns it? He's like, no. He goes, but I'll tell you this much. If a truck shows up, you better bail. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm like, I'm in like backcountry Michigan, right? By myself. And so he's like, he's like, well, we had like a John boat down there. It was fine. Like, you'll be good. So I'm like, all right, but I have no tackle whatsoever, right? So then I like, I'm looking around and I see a $5 ice fishing rod. I'm like, all right, this is a start, right? I don't know if you guys know about ice fishing, but it's pretty much fishing with the, what are they, Mighty Light Rod? Yeah, the yeah. Mighty Might. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's a Mighty <laughs> Might setup. So it's a, it's the, the rod's this long. Yeah. I'm doing this with my hands if you can't, <laughs> just so you know. And um, then I'm like, well, I need a, a, what do you call it? A reel, right? And he's like, well, I go, what's your cheapest reel? He pulls out the pink one, right? $15 out of the glass. So I'm like, all right, I'm in this 20 bucks. And I'm thinking to myself, I got this $20 telescoping rod at home. I'm really pissed off, right? I don't have it right now. <laughs> Which I don't have. And so I'm like, all right, I'll do that. Can you split up with six or eight pound, whatever you got? He's like, yeah, no problem. So I go, I look behind the counter and he has this really nice, ugly stick ice fishing rod. But I could tell that it's used, right? But he has it on like display. I'm like, what's up with that? He's like, oh, no. That's my personal one. I'm like, whoa, sick. I'm like, is it for sale? Jokingly, he's like, maybe. He goes, how much you got in that wallet? And I'm like, I got $5. He's like, oh, no, no, no. That, that's an ugly stick. That is a nice fishing rod. I'm like, all right, I got five bucks. And I go, you want to rent it to me? He's like, rent it? I'm like, yeah, let me rent that from you. I'll give you this five bucks. Let me borrow it for an hour. He's like, well, what if you don't come back? And I'm like, I promise I'll come back. And I'm like, I'll give you my driver's license. He's like, oh, okay. Like yeah. this dude was stressing over this Shakespeare ugly stick ice fishing setup. That, so, cal- that California driver's license was no good in Michigan. <laughs> it meant nothing to him. Nothing. So he he loans it to me. I give him five bucks. And I go to the little fishing section there and I find like, I don't like I found some hooks, and they were, like, the hooks that are, like, pre-rigged with, like, I don't know why, you know, the fishing line with the loop on the end? Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm, like, looking for something that resembles some sort of, like, Senko worm type thing, and I find these worms that are, like, this long, and they have little frillies on the end that are, um, like, shiny, glittery paper. Mm -hmm. I'm, like, this is the closest thing. Again, a couple other things, so I spent, like, $12 on that. So I'm in the whole 17 bucks plus. I always always buy a fishing license. Always. Always. Because I feel confident in my ability to talk my way out of a trespassing ticket, but there's no way <laughs> I can like I can consider myself 
somewhat of an of a knowledgeable angler and yeah. not get a fishing license yeah. like that's just a bad look right you feel as an angler you should at least buy the license if you're i also feel it. that like a cop if he's trying to kick me out is gonna be like okay cool you got a license you're trying to be legit i'm not keeping any fish i just want to check a box i know i'm trespassing don't feel let me go right? yeah trying to eliminate variables here right it's like barbecue so anyways <laughs> i get in the truck bought a mountain dew of course get in the truck i got my my rented ice fishing rod and who knows what tackle on like this plastic like grocery bag right and uh, here we go come around the corner driving through this field and all of a sudden there it is boom the triangular pond that he told me about i'm like all right drive you had like in your head i mean if someone told me that i'd be like this is gonna go off bro i mean they're dumping fish in there in tournaments right well, you're trying to, I mean, it's fishing. You keep the expectations as low as humanly possible, right? And I had like a 45-minute window because I had to get this dude's rod back before yeah. they close so I can get my freaking license back so I can get on an airplane and go home. Yeah. So anyways, I like kind of scoping it, and it is howling wind. And you can imagine how well a hook and a worm oh, on an ice fishing rod with six-pound cast in the wind, right? Oh, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm kind of getting frustrated see these massive trees i go to the corner and i'm like okay there has to be some fish here right if there's fish here they're gonna be in this corner kind of lobbing in there doing my little thing the little shaky shaky thing you know and all of a sudden it just gets picked up and i'm like you're kidding me <laughs> so i just reel it down and just boom and of course you know a lot of backbone in that thing and i'm like whoa i'm like whoa <laughs> and this thing's and it's like coming it's going nuts i'm like oh my gosh i got a fish this is insane i'm all excited and it swims under this log it's like a stump oh. So I'm trying to work my way around, trying to work my way around. I can't get the thing undone. And I have the idea. I'm like, oh, I should jump on the stump. But then for some reason, right when I was about to jump on the stump, the fish came off. Come to find out that stump was floating. It wasn't actually attached to the ground. <laughs> Had I jumped on the stump, gonzo. Yeah, gonzo. So luckily I, was, I didn't do that. And I was, but now I know there's fish in here, at least yeah. one, right? Yeah. So now I'm like jacked up. I got it. So anyways, move down to the bank a little bit, catch another fish. Stoked. Got my fish. I'm excited. Go around this corner. Pitch it out, working along the edge of the bank. I'm kind of trying to reach around. And all of a sudden, I'm in, like, my boots. I'm in a pair of jeans. I'm in a jacket. It's cold. And I slip in slow motion, and I'm sliding down the bank into the pond. And I stand up, and I'm literally, like, to my, to my like, thighs. And, I'm, and I can't get out because I'm slipping. Now I'm all muddy. And I'm like, this is the only boots I got. These are the only pants I got because I was only there for like two days. And I get out and I'm like trying to like, I'm trying to like kind of get myself going. Like, what's going on here? Like, what happened? Okay. And my phone, my wallet, keys. Okay, I got it. And all of a sudden I hear a hissing. And it sounded like a uh, rattlesnake. Like a cross between a rattlesnake and a uh, cat. Okay. I'm like, what is that? And I freeze. I look over. It's a gigantic goose. Stands up. <laughs> and there's eggs underneath it and it's like full on <laughs> and I'm like and there's another goose like in the water looking at me like you're die you're about to die and I'm like oh and I slowly back up and then like the goose is like following me like slow mo like this yeah. and I'm like and the, it, the wingspan was like a, like 6 feet I slowly back up okay and then I was thinking like should I keep fishing I'm like dude you got one fish let's get out of here bail so I'm like I'm out I'm leaving Went back. The guy's like, how'd you do? I'm like, I caught one fish. I'm Look soaking wet. I'm muddy. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, here's my license back. And I guess, and then that was like, I was like, this is it. I, I got to get legit stuff now, right? Yeah. Like, you never know what you're going to encounter. So 
I got a three-piece uh, Daiwa Ardito rod, I think it's called, and then I got a Fuego 100, and I just nice, keep it spooled with, with 20 pound. And then I got a Salty Crew, um, uh, the new little hipster yeah. bag, and I've had it for a while. I got two small tackle boxes in it, Senkos, <laughs> small swim baits. Um, Underspins. Underspins, mm-hmm. couple crankbaits, couple rip baits. The essentials. Essentials. Mm-hmm. Whopper plopper, frog, eight pound, 12 pound, and So some this cutters. is after that trip, you kind of said, I'm going to yeah. do it up. 100%. <laughs> I think, you know, I think you got that rod when I went to pick up the trigger. From your fifty, yeah. So that, that's a funny story too. I, I had a panic attack in front of your house. You did? Yep. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I was flipping out, dude. I don't know. I thought I was going to call nine one one for a second. Really? <laughs> yeah, I have bad anxiety, and I was sitting in front of your house, and it was a lot for the fiftieth event. And I was like, "What's wrong, man?" I started tingling, and I remember like talking to you, and I'm like all like pale, kind of like I don't know what's wrong with me. But I remember you showing me like you just got that rod. Ah. Yeah, when you know. I do not remember that. I was like, oh, he must be in a hurry. He's not his normal <laughs> <No>. chipper self. <laughs> no, not. Nah, That's funny. Like, yeah. But I remember you talking about, oh, yeah, I just you got this. You should have told me. You could have taken a nap or something. <laughs> no, nah, I just wrote it out. All right. <laughs> yeah, so that thing worked out killer. And then, um, yeah, and then I bought another one with a spinning reel. They make a little three-piece, you know, spinning setup. So I bring that. And then usually when I'm traveling with, like, you know, my coworkers and stuff, that way I already have the setup, and if they want to fish. Oh, they... that's cool. You have yeah. two setups, so one spinning, one yep. big caster. Oh. Yeah. So it's fun. And then we fish some weird places. I mean. Yeah, what's some of the weird places you fish, like, um, say, like, sketchy? Like, where it's like, mm, I don't know if I should be fishing here. Um, What's pretty cool, it's, like, kind of outside of here, is, like, everyone's super friendly. So, like, you know, I, if I'm going somewhere, I'll start reaching out. And we sell triggers in a lot of, like, you know, outdoor stores, hardware stores, and a lot of people that like Traeger also like outdoors. So I'll start, you know, hitting people up, and I'll get a lot of intel. Like, I've fished private farm ponds before. I've actually caught bass in in Ohio with Mike's baits. And he was, I sent him a picture. He's like, that might be the first fish I ever caught on my bait in Ohio. <laughs> you know, and then, like, we were, like, one time we were driving from Eugene to Portland. And I don't know if you've ever made that drive, but it's all sod fields, grass, right? And then I started seeing all these farm ponds again, right? I'm like, there's aerators. There's certain characteristics you can see on Google Earth, and you can identify if there's a good chance, like, there's fish in it, right? And aerators are generally one of them. Really? Yeah. And um, you got to be keeping something alive. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And then C.J. Hobgood, he actually told me something that made complete sense. He said... He's like, every body of water in Florida is going to have fish in it for the most part because they have to build up the ground to build on. So it creates pockets of water because the water table is so low. They have to stock them with fish because water attracts bugs, which attract rodents. And so the fish help the ecosystem because they eat the bugs and the rodents and it keeps the ecosystem going. Wow. So if it's any sort of important body of water of that people are by or farms and stuff mm-hmm. there's most likely going to be fishing it they just stock it just because they, you, they keep the ecosystem going wow so anyways we're driving am i telling too many inside insiders <laughs> <Okay. laughs> uh, they gotta uh, have something to feed them big stuff. 
Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's big snakes. Oh, I did fall in one, and the kid's like, I think there's a water moccasin. That was in Florida, too. Oh, that's scary. Yeah, it was super Or afterwards, I like was into my deep, like trying to, like, anyways, he's like, oh, man, there's a bunch of water moccasins and alligators in here. I'm like, should have told me that before I got in the water, man. <laughs> but uh, so we're driving back, and I'm looking on Google Earth, and I see this gigantic, long um, body of water that's shaped like, like a like a like a bone right two big like cul-de-sacs on the end and one long skinny one and i'm like that's a water ski pond private water ski pond there has to be fish in there right so i told the rep i was with i was like hey can we pull over he's like yeah let's do it so we pull over and there's guys doing hot laps in there so i walk over there introduce myself say hey you know this is what i'm doing we just got done with work i'd like to catch a fish in oregon i have an itching suspicion you got fish in this pond i go can I try to catch one? The guy's like, yeah, we catch these little bass while we're waiting our turn. I heard them over there in the, in the toolies, you know, splashing around. He's like, yeah, you're not going to eat them, right? I'm like, no, I'm not going to eat them. I just want to catch, catch them and go. I got about 40 yeah. minutes. He's like, yeah, no problem. Have fun. I was like, stoked. Thanks. So I'm like, all right, this is cool. So I heard, you know, so I heard him in the toolies when I was talking to the guy. First cast picks it up. I'm like, oh, all right, we got fish here. This is epic. Don't hook it. Walk around the backside of this little patch of toolies. Pitch the sink, go back into the two of these again, pull it out. Second cast, got a fish in Oregon in a private pond. Start working my way down. There's absolute toads in this pond. Really? Solid ones. And the dude was watching, like, and I could see from across the, like, pond, his eyes are, like, this big. It's like, man, I didn't know there was fish this big in here. I'm like, you're sitting on a green gold gold mine. mine. And uh, he was super cool, and I gave him, like, a bunch of tackle, what I was using and stuff, and... Yeah, so you how's, know, how's Florida? Like Flor- fishing Florida because there's so much. Well, first water. of all, I, I didn't like a like fish Florida. Like we'd get done with work, and yeah, then well, I'd like go find the, a, the little ponds. Yeah. I mean, is it cool? Pretty, yeah, wide I mean, open. No, oh, yeah, I yeah. mean, compared to here because we're in California, you know how hard it is. Yeah, you go to Santee or something like that, you're gonna work for the fish. But I'm saying you go to Florida, it's like, damn, you know, like. The, the whole, like, southeast, southeast area is pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Like, my wife and I went to to, to South Carolina, mm-hmm. and there's, like, a pond in front of the hotel. And sure enough, there's fish in it. Like, Damn. almost anywhere you stop. And so what's weird is, like, they're not, I don't know, everyone's super cool, you know. And so, like I said, we would just be like, oh, look on Google Maps. Like, oh, we can walk from the hotel to this pond. Let's go walk over there. Sometimes you catch fish, sometimes you don't. Yeah. Right? But... Florida is really cool. It's beautiful. Like yeah. I said, I want to. We were supposed to go down and try to fish some peacock, um, but 
unfortunately the trip got canceled because of COVID. COVID, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's jump into the Traeger portion. We're talking a lot of fishing. Yeah. And I, I want to do some barbecue stuff. Um, so give your background about Traeger a little bit so that people know what you kind of do for Traeger. Um, yeah, so I've, I've worked with Traeger um, in the southwest United States for about almost about over six years okay so i work you know outside sales representative i work with our with our with our real with our real retailers Mm -hmm. you know ace hardwares barbecue land stuff like that and yeah we we help them we merchandise you know did you did you uh have you barbecued your whole life like like fishing like where you like really like it um barbecue is all was always a part to an extent but it was very casual like you know, fire up the grill and cook, yeah. overcook a steak yeah. with the family on Sundays <laughs> and a lot of hamburgers and hot dogs. And then, like we talked about last time, I lived in Brazil for two years. Yeah. And living down there, people were cooking on fire and cooking entire meals. And that kind of opened my eyes. And then, you know, during that time, the dollar to the heial, which is their, their currency, was like seven to one. So we could go to like nice steakhouses. For like six bucks you know so then all of a sudden you're eating all these meats exotic meats and they're cooking them only on fire with salt yeah and they were so good so just kind of opened my eyes to what's Something possible different. yeah yeah and then obviously in college like we'd get pumped every once in a while because we'd find this clearance steaks and we'd buy them for like two bucks and do our best and then a good friend of mine we started cooking a lot together and yeah and then next thing you know i, I had an opportunity to apply for the job and yeah. I was beyond fortunate enough to get it, and here we are, six and a half years later. Damn. Um, so, I guess let's start with meat. Yeah. Because I feel like uh, now that I have a Traeger, before you came over, we kind of started, and I got one for Father's Day, and I cook on it all the time now. Yeah. Like I'm a big Traeger. I'm Mike. Everyone. I we think got, you turned. We out. got food going right I now. Mean, <laughs> I mean, I chicken feel like, thighs and ribeyes. And I'm gonna say like, I gotta say probably like ten to. 15% of the people listening to this podcast probably have a trigger. I'm not joking. Because oh, yeah. everyone just has, like, everyone loves them, dude. Everybody. Either it's a small ranger or, like, a bigger yeah. one, you know, like. I just think in general, like, it's just part of, like, what kind of what we do, right? And it's not necessarily that we're, you know, catching fish and keeping it. You know, most of the people that are listening to this are fishing bass, calico bass and stuff, and you're not keeping those fish anyways, right? Mm-hmm. But. You want to cook. You want to eat good food. I mean, like, how many times have we we've come over here to the shack and we've cooked and hung out and poured baits and you know heard crazy stories from Mike? Like, it's just <laughs> it's it's just it's that's just part you know that's it's just part what, of it the brings fun and everyone I, and, together. And the big thing is too, I I I hated barbecue before the trigger. I fucking hated it. I would never do it. It's and now I'm like, hey, I put it on. You know, I learned how like I put cook a pork butt. You know, yeah. I do the whole thing. People think like how do you know how to barbecue like this? I'm like, just got it. You know, like, <laughs> not got it, really. you got it. You know, I'm like, dude, it makes it so easy. Yeah. Like if you just follow instructions, you got the app. Like I'm like, it's pretty, it's pretty it's, good. You know? And again, like, I, I think it's, it's so easy. It's hard. Right. It's hard to screw it up. It yeah, is, right. but it's also so easy. Like, like people, like you get it and you're all excited and you're like stressing out that you're going to like ruin it. Right. Or you're going to mess something I don't up. Think you can, it's hard to, yes. right? Like mine caught on fire, dude. User error. Yep, it was because <laughs> you know why? I didn't clean out the grease trap. Oh, you gotta clean that grease. And guess out. what happened? And uh, the the um, auger. Yeah, I had a lot of shit around the the thing. I didn't uh, vacuum, you gotta vacuum that ass. So out. I'm like looking at, I'm looking, I'm going, hey, 
why does it say 800 degrees on my phone? <laughs> so I call my wife. I'm like, hey, can you check the trigger? It says 800 degrees. That doesn't seem right. She's opened it, and a flame came out. She's uh, like, got to go. And I come home, and there's just white pa- uh, oh, flowers. Good. She's smart. Smart. She didn't get – she got white flour, cleaned it up, fine, no problem. Yeah. Nothing happened. I burnt the, the thermometer. That was it. Nice. I mean, it's they're, – they're pretty – they're a tough grill, you know, yeah. like a lot of, a lot of uh, grills probably wouldn't well, go up to that. I mean, like I, you know, mine in Utah, it sits in their back in the snow and I don't even put a cover on it, right? I'm always trying to beat the heck out of them because I want to put them through their paces and know that, hey, you know, that, you know, if I, if I can beat the heck out of it and it survives and I feel super confident, you know, in recommending it, continuing to sell and stuff like that. So, yeah, they're so, pretty, they're pretty foolproof. No, I fixed the true. heck out of mine. <laughs> um how how much does it matter the cut of meat when you're buying with a Traeger? Yes, like you know, do you think like man, I got to spend like for I want to get into that aged beef stuff too because I've seen it's getting popular like the aged yeah. meats. But I mean, say you're just gonna cook for a family like, and you're gonna get a get it like a uh, I don't know like a pork butt. You can go to Walmart yeah. and buy a pork butt and it'll be fine. Yeah, right. So, I mean, personally. It does to me. It doesn't matter. No. No. Like so. For example, like you know, I mean, I was doing an uh, an event at a at an Ace Hardware in a, a really nice part of San Diego, and uh, before I went, I just went to Smart and Final and just bought all my meat and everything, and I just bought like their basic whatever ribeyes in New Yorks and stuff. And this guy came up and super nice guy driving a really nice car, and we're wrapping out, and his wife's in there shopping, and then. I go, I'm about to pull off this this New York. You want to try some? He's like, yeah, I'd love to try some. So I give him some. He's like, oh, my gosh, this is insane. This is the juiciest steak I've ever had. And he's just going off on it. And next door was a really kind of ritzy, um, what do you call it, like a supermarket. They sold, like, Wagyu and, like, super high-end, expensive dry-aged prime and all this other stuff. He's like, what, what meat What meat was this? Did you buy this next door? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm going to buy some for this weekend. This is amazing. And I'm like, no, man, I bought that from, like, it was on sale at Smart and Final. He's like, what? He's like, no, I don't believe you. And I pulled it out and showed him the other ones. And, like, in, like, the cellophane wrapper, he's like, I cannot believe how good that turned out. I go, it's not the meat, it's the grill, you know. And then I taught, I explained to him how to reverse sear it, taught him how to do it. And he bought a grill and went home. And, yeah, he came back later that night. I just did one. It was amazing. Oh, my gosh, I need to get more pellets. I need to get more rubs. So so it's, it's more of, like, prep, if anything, prepping the, yeah. the, the meat. Kind of, you know, you could have a crappier cut of meat, but you can prep that meat to kind of taste. 100%. And so, like, what you need to really do is you need to pay attention. Like, the thing that people always ask is, like, someone will call me, like, oh, I want to cook a pork butt. How long is it going to take and at what temp, right? It, you can't really you can't really explain to somebody. It's not, it's not a time thing, right? Everything's going to take different amount of times. There's ways you can cook it fast. There's ways you can cook it slow. But you need to understand the feel of it right because once you understand the feel of it and you know what you're looking for and you're looking for the tenderness you're looking for how the thermometer goes into the meat you're looking for how it looks for how it feels you can then figure out what it is that you want and it doesn't matter the piece of meat mm-hmm. as long as you know what you're looking for and you get there you're going to cook a fantastic piece of meat yeah right now if you get a really high-end expensive piece of meat is going to taste amazing absolutely right <laughs> Because, again, there's going to be more higher fat content. It's going to cook differently. It's going to render differently. There's going to be different flavor and stuff to it. But if you want to get a good, solid piece of, 
like pork butt, mm -hmm. just cook a lot of them, you know, and practice. then practice, right? Yeah. It's just like anything with fishing, like, you know, it's, you, you go out, it's like, I'll never forget, like, a good friend of mine was like, told me he cast left-handed, right-handed. So I was like, oh, man, I'm never going to cast left-handed. So one day we were sitting out there fishing, we were on the pick, soaking bait, and I sat on the bow and I casted left-handed all day long right i just put the time in to learn how to do it and get the feel so i got the thumb control on mm -hmm. my left thumb and my right thumb it was just practice i literally stood out there for six seven hours just casting left-handed right so it's the same thing get a bunch of cheap pork butts make them give them to your neighbors give them to your friends you can get pork butts on sale for 99 cents a pound yeah, right yeah. the other thing too when it comes to pork since you brought that one up is yeah. i always try to get bone in pork it just cooks differently it cooks better you think the bone helps it kind of cook in the middle or I, something? I don't know what it is. I just have had much better success with the bone and pork butt than I have with a, with a, with a boneless. Yeah. You know? And then the other thing you can do, too, is most people that probably listen to your podcast, especially if they're keeping fish, have vacuum sealers. Yeah. So we cook pork butts in my house, and then we vacuum seal them in, like, one, two-pound sizes, and we freeze them. And then my wife takes them out of the refrigerator or freezer. She puts them in the, 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 the vacuum seal pouch right in boiling water. It heats itself up. Take it out. Make nachos. Make whatever you want. That's now, another thing from a fishing standpoint is a lot of people get the uh, hot box thing. What are those yeah. things called? Road, bo Road Pro. Road Pro. They're rad. It's this little tiny box. It looks like a little. Lunchbox. It's a lunchbox. that heats up. Oh, nice. You plug it into the outlet. Yeah. But. If you don't have 110 on your boat or whatever it is, you don't have a cigarette lighter, what you can do is you can buy a, a, jet, a, bo a jet boil. They boil water in like 90 seconds. You can get a big quart size one. You boil the water, and you can just put your, your packet inside there on the boat, boil it up, heat it up, take it out, pull, hot pulled pork sandwich on the boat. You can do super thin tri-tip, yeah. pieces of shredded chicken, pulled chicken, heat it up in the, in, the, in the boiling water, and you can have a hot sandwich on the boat. So there's a lot of ways that you can do it. People think, oh, crap, like, I'm not going to cook this gigantic pork butt. Like, oh, well, I'm not going to eat this. And yeah. I, you know, unless I have people over. When you can really buy meat that's on sale for cheap, vacuum seal it, freeze it, or even, like, if you, you know, like, I'll go when they have, uh, like, Mike and, and, and actually, <laughs> when I lived down here, me, Mike, and Brian, we used to text each other every time we'd find meat on sale. <laughs> like oh skater brothers 2.99 for a bone and roast and then like we would go buy like they'd have bone and ribeyes for 2.99 a pound yeah and we would tell them don't cut them give me four bones and they give you a rib roast this big yeah. bone and rib roast it's not a prime rib nobody's gonna know the difference if you cook it right on the trigger yeah. and you're getting it for 2.99 a pound yeah. wow. and that same prime rib legit prime rib would be a hundred dollars anywhere else yeah and you're getting it for like less than 30 bucks that's crazy so again it's like meat smart the meat we're cooking right now, it was on yeah. sale today. Yeah. Like, I wasn't going to buy the nice stuff for you guys. So. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, but, yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, like, trust me, if you want to buy some Wagyu, this stuff's awesome. It tastes great. It's super good. It's a nice treat. But don't think you need expensive, high-end meat to produce good food. Yeah. Um, another question I have is I've heard a couple different people talk about this as pellets. How much does that really matter using, you know, everyone, everyone sells them now. Yeah. So it's like, how much does it matter to use the Traeger ones? Can you mix them? If you leave them in too long, do they swell up? Do they pack out? Um, yeah, I used to mix mine a lot. We make a, a bunch of different blends. Uh -huh. Like we have one called the Signature Blend that's super versatile. It's hickory, maple, and um, cherry. Uh -huh. I personally like cherry. I use that more than anything. 
Um, but yeah, different different woods are going to produce different flavor profiles. So like for example, a lot of people are like, oh, my my wife doesn't like a real smoky flavor, so stay away from a mesquite or a hickory. Go with like an apple or a cherry. If you're doing fish, do something a little more mild, mm-hmm. like a fruit wood. You know, you want a really robust wood flavor, then go with an oak or, or excuse me, a hickory or a mesquite. So that's the other thing too is I just recommend try stuff out, different yeah. stuff. Yeah. Do you uh, do you recommend like if say if you leave them in too long, will it be kind of bad to leave the pellet? If you're leaving them in too long, you're not using your trigger enough. <laughs> but you know, for yeah. the for the people that yeah. do, you know, like if you put the cover on, especially in Southern California, you shouldn't worry about you shouldn't have to worry about it too much. But again, if water does get in there, because it's, you know they're held together with compression. Yeah, they will kind of swell up and they can fall apart. They can come apart and turn back into sawdust. And yeah, because it's just compressed sawdust. Yeah. Um, how often should you be cleaning, Trigger? Um, I clean mine. So I clean the tin foil pretty frequently, or I put the little liners. We make liners that slide right in. Yeah. Um, and then I vacuum it out probably every half a dozen cooks. Okay. But what I do too, which is a little fun, a little chip tip, is. When I change the tin foil out inside the fire pot, there's a little hot rod. I just, if I'm not going to vacuum it out, I'll scoop all the ash away to make sure that the fire, the hot rod is exposed. And then the pellets fall right on top of it and it lights a little quicker. So like if you feel like your grill's lighting yeah. slow, it's probably because you have a nice big hard puck of ash in there. So it has to burn through the residual ash before it gets to the good stuff. And then at that point, you have a ton of pellets, and then it takes a little while to regulate and get under control. No, that's a great, great piece of advice, dude, because I've sat sometimes going, what the hell's taking so long? You know, then it'll go. Uh, should should your grill be smoking on every time you? No. Why does it do that? Um, it's a good question. So there's good smoke and bad smoke. The white plumy smoke, it looks really cool, and we all take pictures, Instagram yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But it's a bitter acidic so it doesn't produce a lot of it the best analogy i ever heard was like if you look at like when you throw a fresh log on a fire mm-hmm. and it gets all smoky because sometimes it's like really wet it's burning through you know the bark or whatever it is but then you know when you wake up in the morning and the fire smells good there's like it's smoldering you want it smoldering right and that's what produces that good smoke so it's a very faint blue smoke mm-hmm. and so if seen plumes of smoke that doesn't mean you're not getting flavor you're actually getting what you want to see and if you're getting smoke ring you're getting bark then you're getting what you're supposed to get but that white faint blue smoke they say that's what kind of produces the bark and the smoke ring and really adds the flavor to it you really there's also another little um um theory about meat stops taking smoke on at like 120 degrees so mm-hmm. once the meat hits that it doesn't absorb any more smoke it doesn't absorb any more flavor and so um what i do is i try to put like especially a brisket ribs pulled pork something that i really want to take on a lot of flavor i put it on as cold as possible so like i'll trim my brisket at night i'll trim my pork butt i'll rub it i'll put it back in the refrigerator and then let it get cold, cold, cold. So, you know, minus, you know, less than 40 degrees because that's what the refrigerator is at. And then I put it on cold. And then technically, if that theory is correct, it can have a lot more time to get to 120 degrees. So therefore, it should be able to absorb more smoke. Mm-hmm. There's also some theories that like your meat can absorb more smoke if it's wet. And so like people will spritz it and stuff like that. Personally, I, I haven't I haven't noticed a difference myself um, in spritzing. So, it's just one more thing I have to think about. Yeah. With three little kids on a Sunday. <laughs> it's rough. I just need to get it done. No, I just want to put it on and then 
wrap it and then take it off and eat it. Yeah. So, um, what about, uh, give us a couple like breakdowns of what you would do for like a, I'll say like a chicken, like something that you do. That's really good. That's quick that people could do. Um, whole chicken is my wife's favorite. Uh And then what we're doing tonight is boneless, skinless thighs or thighs. Whole, if if, whole chicken or thighs, that's the only thing I do. Okay. Like I love doing boneless, skinless thighs, a little bit of rub on them then chop them up makes killer tacos um you can a whole chicken you can just put it on whole so what i do is i take it out of the package pat it dry with a paper towel and i get butter slice the butter into pats of butter like a whole you got to use a whole stick right Mm -hmm. and then you put a little bit of rub on the butter and then you put the butter between the skin and the meat then you put a little bit of rub on the outside tie the legs up so nice and compact and then put it on the grill at like 400 and then once it gets to an internal temp of like 160 165 mm-hmm. take it off let it rest and you're good to go or you can spatchcock it which everybody loves yeah fun word fun way to cook it <laughs> it's all good mike loves this spatchcock right yeah <laughs> and so you flip that thing upside down you take a, a fillet knife you cut along the skin and the and the and the meat right along each side of the spine. Mm-hmm. Take some shears. You can get some cooking shears. You can even buy like a decent set of uh, pruning shears. Work really well. Mm-hmm. You just want to make sure that you can wash them. And you just cut the rib bones right along the edge. Take that spine out. And then if you follow it down towards the bottom, there's a wishbone. Take your shears. Snip each side of that wishbone. Some people like to break it, smash it. I just snip it, and it opens up, and the whole thing flays right up. Wow. The legs, and the and then you just flip the legs and the thighs inside out the quarters, and it's all flat on the, on the same surface, and it cooks really evenly. And it looks super cool, and it, yeah. it cooks super evenly. It's, it turns out insane. Yeah. And it's fun. Just Google search how to spash cock a chicken. Yeah. What about your, uh, your pulled pork? Because I've seen you do a couple different things, Dr. Pepper. Um, what, what's the recommendation on that one? Um, so I like to do, it depends, mm-hmm. right? Like, so one thing that I, uh, a recipe I got from Mike is shredded beef mm-hmm. and the shredded beef is cooked very similar to how you cook the pulled pork, right? The only difference is you're using different types of liquids to braise it and different types of rubs, right? So like if I'm doing, obviously Utah, there's only one good Mexican restaurant in the whole state of Utah. It's going to be hard. One. But it's insane. <laughs> it's a small family. They moved from Baja to Utah 15 years ago. The son went to culinary school. Uh-huh. One of the best lobster, fish, and shrimp tacos I've ever had are in Utah. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's Anyone crazy. comes up to Utah, call me. I'll tell you where it's at. And you tell me it's not some of the best Mexican food you ever ate. Right. So anyways, you got to get creative make your own, right? So buy a pork butt. And then what I'll do is um, trim it. And then I'll put a little bit of the Traeger chicken rub on it because it is a citrus and black pepper base. I'll put a little bit of tahini. Um, there's this other, I don't remember what it's called, but it's in the Hispanic section of the grocery store and it's a really good rub. And I put a little bit of that on it as well too. And then I put it on the Traeger until mm-hmm. it hits an internal temp. I put the Traeger at 225, internal temp of 160, 165. I take it off. I put it in a, a dish, like a casserole dish or like a, a tin if a foil dish. And then I pour a, a michelada on it. And, like, I was using Bud Light ones because they had it, but then a good friend of mine who spends a lot of time in Mexico was really offended and told me I needed to use a different <laughs> one. So now i got to change up. So I'll let you know how. Uh, uh, that's the one he said. He's like, dude, that thing looks good except for that Bud Light, Michelada. 
and I hope he's listening because he knows who he is. But he's legit, so I was like, done. I'm All switching. Right. I'm switching. Um, and then what I do is I braise it in that michelada. So I, I take it, you cover it with tinfoil super, super, super tight, mm-hmm. bump it up to like 275. And then and, and what you want to do is take some sort of like a, like a, after like three hours, take like a kebab stick or take like a, the meat probe. Don't worry about what the temperature is, but you want to check for consistency. So you want to put in that that probe, mm-hmm. and you want just a little bit of pressure. Like you almost want to like second guess if you missed it. If you feel it, like you know you hit the meat, it's not ready. Okay. You want to put it in there and be like, am I, am I, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. So that's kind of how you want to do it. And once it's to that consistency. That's for the braise you're trying to do. Yeah. Okay. Because what the braise, the smoke's going to give it the flavor. Uh-huh. The braising is going to make it shred. Okay. And then. That, and then you shred that stuff up. I pour a little bit of the juice back in and get it nice and juice. And then we'll make like a, like a, like a, like a Chipotle crema. We'll do like a, yeah. um, you know, like a cilantro lime crema. Make a bunch of, you know, fresh, fresh pico, yeah. guacamole. Yeah. And just make tacos. And it's insane. And you do vegetables on there too. That's another cool thing. There's a couple of people that. I don't do vegetables. I've seen you do it I've at my never, house. I was at your house. <laughs> You did. He did it. Your house. (laughs) You did them. (laughs) I did your vegetables at your house. He did some cool stuff with vegetables. No, we do vegetables a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Let me go back to the pulled stuff. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's talk about the meats because I want to have Mike talk about his shredded beef. Talk about your shredded beef, Mike. Come on, get on the mic, Mike. (laughs) Mike and Mike. (laughs) Shredded beef is is. Yeah, shredded beef is a really good recipe on the Traeger. What do you do? Well, um, I, I, I stumbled upon it. I was putting together a bunch of different recipes, and I just went for a little bit of everything that I thought would work. And it freaking worked amazing. So you kind of made it your, your own? Like yeah, I was, made your own. yeah, I was trying to. My, my wife wasn't sold on this Traeger thing. She, <laughs> but I knew the shredded beef was going to get her if I could that, do it right. So I kind of picked a bunch of things together and put it together. I ended up using a... Uh, a pumpkin spice, uh, like a pumpkin ale, uh, really beer to braise mine in. No way. Yeah, and it um, it was perfect because it picked up a lot of good flavor in that thing. And uh, you the, do a lot of Traeger cooking too, as well. Yeah, two to probably twice at least. Yeah, three times a week if I can get if I can pull it off. Yeah, that's nice. A lot of Sunday mornings, right? Bacon, sausage, oh, gosh, yeah, dude. some some French toast type stuff. Yeah, there's there's some cool things you can do on them. Since Mike's being so humble about a shredded beef, I'm going to talk about yeah. it. <laughs> Go ahead. So, what well, he does the exact same thing. What kind of beef do you like to use? I like to use a chuck roast. I like to use chuck roast too. Yeah. Okay. Super cheap. A lot of times, my local grocer has them two for one once uh-huh. they're about to expire. Buy them, vacuum seal them, freeze them. I got six of them in my freezer right now. Yeah. Okay. Simple cut, easy, easy, easy to work with. Yep. I like to cut all the kind of thick fat off of it like the waxy thick stuff and if you guys want to look we have it on youtube you can watch him talking about what he's cutting off from that minute with the guest (laughs) or you can just reach out to me no joke like i tell everyone this shoot me a message on on instagram any questions you have about recipes most of these recipes are already typed up anyways i can just copy paste them and send them to you like totally want to make sure you know we want we're we're not we'll, we'll share it yeah no secrets. No secrets. It's not fishing. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> so you, you're, you'll pack those up, put them in the freezer. Yeah, See, freeze that's, them, pull them out the night before. This is a great point, something to say right now with this whole COVID shit, because for a minute, 
You couldn't get angry. So the, what I did was, if you I go back. I had it all. Yeah, I caught it all. Every Chuck Rose in Southern California is in Mike's freezer. Um, but, like, if you go back, like, the first week of COVID, I was like, oh, okay, you know, I'm going to buy the cheap. So I went to the grocery store. They had nothing. But what was funny was they had picnic roasts. If you know what a picnic roast is, it's a pork leg where a pork butt or a pork shoulder is the shoulder part. So the bone in a pork butt is actually the shoulder blade. The pork butt looks – it literally has the, the joint and everything. They cut the hoof off and they cut it right below and mm-hmm. it has all the skin on it. That was the only meat that was left at the, my local grocery store Damn. during COVID because nobody knew how to cook them. Yeah. So I bought like six of them and they were dirt cheap, 98 cents a pound or something like yeah. that. So I bought them all, bought a bunch of them, put them in the freezer. And I did a thing where I was like, okay, I'm going to do this for as cheap as humanly possible and see how many meals I can get out of it in a week. I think, and I only used rub spices that I had on hand. I didn't buy anything extra. I made rub, some sugar, some of this, some of that, and then cooked it. We did pulled pork sandwiches that night, and then we froze it. And what we did is we did uh, nachos one night, and then one of the best things with leftover pulled pork is make a bowl of top ramen crack an egg in it put a bunch of uh, a bunch of pulled pork cold pulled pork in it and it boils it heats heats it up put a little bit of hot sauce put a little bit of green onion or a little bit of cilantro it is the best freaking meal oh my god best meal ever so good so again i made like i did the calculation i did like this whole week's worth of meal for like 21 dollars for what you bought in meat. with just that oh meat a meat that nobody bought because nobody knew what to do with it that's you just know? thinking out of the box yeah you know and again like i mean like Fred, Fred turned me on to duck, right? Yeah. Like he braises it, we cook it, we slather it in like Frank's Red Hot and butter, and it's insane. Oh, sounds so good. People who hunt, like they're always like, I don't know what to do with all this meat, so they end up making jerky. Yeah. <laughs> or grounding, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, no, dude, take those big chunks of meat and just smoke them and braise them and shred them and make anything you want out of them. Shredded, right? yeah, yeah. So, again, braising that meat, breaking down, shredding it, it's so versatile. And Tacos, then nachos, enchiladas. Hey, you, let's go back to, to Mike's, Mike's uh, recipe. Oh, yeah. So, you take the pork. You tell him, Mike. Come on, pal. It's it's not the healthiest. <laughs> That's why it's so freaking good. But it does come out good. Yeah. I, uh, well. I'm going to go check on the meat while he's right. talking. All right. I take the, uh, the chuck roast and I put some olive oil on it. I uh, I like to use the the Traeger uh, Black and Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. That's that rub is the go to. That's the go to. All right. Um, I lay it on pretty thick, so it's got some pretty good spice to it. And then uh, smoke it for three hours, and then I pull that thing off and I braise it in that pumpkin. I I almost always pick a flavored beer. Almost always try to pick up some extra flavor off of it. Yeah. And then um, a healthy bed of onions, and. Um, I'll probably use two to three sticks of butter. <laughs> Heart stopper, bro. <laughs> Heart stopper. Yeah, I, I put that on there to uh, break down whatever else left yeah. left in there to uh, to break that down. Uh-huh. And, and I'll run that in there for another two hours, two plus. Okay. Um, and then when I wrap that thing up tight for another hour, once I get that thing off, it's, I mean, you can't even get it out of the, I can't get it out of the, the bin. It, it, it yeah, falls. it won't come out of the bin anymore. So, oh. I, I try to do six hours, but it almost always goes with seven because I'll try to cheat a little bit. Cause yeah, 
you don't need to do three hours smoke, but it adds a lot of flavor. If you and and I'll do I like do that cook uh, starting in the morning. So, yeah. So I'll I'll have that meat in the refrigerator. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is to understand how with that temperature of your meat when you put it in. That's that, a big tip right now. I mean, yeah. you're everyone's doing it. That, that's going to change yeah. your time of cook. That's yeah. going to change a lot of things that you're doing if yeah. you want to do it right. I yeah. Mean, you can't screw it up, but if you want to do it right, that's. I mean, the temperature. You, can, you can't screw it up, but you can definitely make it better. Absolutely. There you yeah. go. Yeah. 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 So I started out early in the morning and that, with a cold piece of meat. So that three hours of of smoke gets a lot of. And I like to use the cherry on the beef. So I love the cherry on the beef. That first that first uh, smoke ring that I got. I mean. I looked at that thing and I thought, "Oh my god!" Because, <laughs> yeah, I to, to start, I struggled with with the regular barbecue to begin with. It yeah. Was not. So when I did this right off the bat, I picked this piece off and I, I'm going to do this. And yeah, so I created my own piece based on just a couple pieces, and then <laughs> I siphon all that stuff back out after I shred it, uh-huh. and then uh, I'll mix it back in there. Yeah, and, oh, and so good. the wife loves the onions, so I can make a bed of onions and stuff for her. With the, yeah, and then the kids don't like the onions, so and because that stuff falls off so cleanly that you can just yeah, yeah give everyone their own their own piece. It's yeah, it's amazing like that. You do breakfast then in the morning on it too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You do cast iron just. Sometimes, yeah, we, yeah. I don't. I can if I want to put the potatoes on the cast iron. I can heat the cast iron up. With yeah, oil, but yeah, eggs on there too. We do eight, yeah. we do breakfast casseroles. Yeah, casserole. Really? Yeah, breakfast oh. casserole. Same thing with the, uh, a French toast. Yeah. Yeah. For how do you do French toast? It's already cut up and uh, soaking in, uh, in in buttermilk and uh, and all the spices the night before, uh-huh. and then it's the same thing as a casserole. You, you, you just, just put it in there. And it, You're using a what kind of pan are you using? Or we just uh, we do all of our breakfast glass. stuff in just yeah, just a glass. You can put pyro. glass in in, a, in yeah. the tray. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know that. Yeah, shit, that's there's a nothing game changer. You, there's nothing you can't do on that thing. No. Pizzas, man. We do you, love uh, oh, German yeah. pancakes or Swedish pancakes? Really? It's the easiest thing in the world. It's so good. Just a bunch of butter, a little bit of flour, a little bit of milk, and then it just poofs up, and then it shrinks in. You just cut the edge; it's all crispy. It's just so freaking good. Oh, I'm so hungry now, we're, dude. We're baking fiends <laughs> over there yeah. at our house. My daughter, my daughter will only eat bacon off of a Traeger. Really? Yeah, six years old. My kids, I mentioned this last time, my kids are total barbecue snobs. Yeah. And, like, my, my daughter's, like, like, she, like, she'll go to a friend's house and be like, oh, do you want some bacon? She's like, is it bacon on a Traeger? They're like, no. It's like, no, thanks, I'll pass. Yeah. yeah. No, the, the bacon is, is the key to, to each week. I mean, yeah. it, it's done. Well, now I want to, I, we usually have bacon on the weekends, but we never cook on the Traeger. It's sitting there. I mean, yeah. I want to try it. Plus, your house oh. doesn't stink. You don't have to do it. Like, it's so much easier to clean up. Yeah. But yeah. what we do is we'll, we'll cook, like, three pounds of it yep. and put it in a, a Ziploc yep. and then make it sandwiches and salads during the oh, week. So good. Wraps and, yeah. and, and cob salads and yeah. things like that as yeah. the week goes on. Yeah. See, I mean, if you're, you're going to turn it on to cook one thing, you might as well you fill as well the grill up and, ma- and make it oh, last yeah. all week yeah. long. Yeah. Mm. No, this is great great advice just as a family, man. Like, I got three kids, and, like, it, it could change the game, like, where I could cook a fucking big pork. See, we, separate it, yeah. done. Don't have to worry. The wife's cool. You know, everyone. I got two big dudes myself. It's, <laughs> it's not one It's not one tri-tip. It's two tri-tips. <laughs> right. And, yeah. we're, and me and my wife are lucky if we get something left over. Yeah. Right. So You get the tips. <laughs> Just the tips. <laughs> Bad. They'll try the rest. Uh, no, but when we live in Southern California forever, we never had an air conditioner. So it was like we use it all the time in the summer for baking. Like my wife would do desserts in it. We do yeah. casseroles, lasagnas, enchiladas, all the stuff because we don't want to turn the oven on. 
and it tastes better and the house tastes cool. That's yep. like I always watch yeah. uh, James Montez. James is good, dude. He makes some good stuff. Yeah, all the different. He you told me I make some. He makes real good wings. Yeah, he kind of gives some fancy. Recipe. Very. I'm pretty like I think kind of traditional. Yeah. And he gets pretty fancy. Yeah, he's got a whole page now. I think just a barbecue page yeah. instead, not a fishing. Great angler too. Yeah. Stick man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he only fishes Paris, and yeah. he's also like the only person I see out of Paris with catching big fish all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has something figured out. Yeah, he's a cool guy, man. Yeah. But um. Well, thanks for coming back on, Roy. Yeah, are um, we done? Yeah. You want to talk about any more meats before we go? I do. If you what want else? to talk about them, what do you think about be. the the, the uh, aged stuff? Like, uh, is it hype? No, love it. No, I mean it's delicious. It's yeah. super Snake robust. Snake River Farm Wagyu stuff, super good. There's actually um, it, there's a lot of different ways that people are finishing meats. That's a big thing right now. So how's the cattle finished? Okay. Right. So it's grain fed. It's grass fed. They finish it off with this. Finish it off with that. So. You know, do some research and figure it out. So find a piece of meat that you really like. Find out where the where they got it from. Do some research. Find out how they how they prepared that cattle. And right? they, you people are starting to age their own meats as well. I heard that. Yeah, actually, one of my 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 colleagues at work in the Pacific Northwest, he he took a refrigerator and he put a humidifier in it, and he put like a um, he put like a what the heck is it? it it's uh, it's for reptile cages. Mm-hmm to like add humidity to it almost really? like yeah like a humidor oh and yeah. so he's dry aging a bunch right now he's gonna do like a 30 or 60 day dry age and so we're gonna get together for a work thing and he's gonna Damn. bring a big chunk for us to cook so yeah so I, i'd love to get into it, it and then you cook it there's a couple different ways to dry age it the, the trick with dry aging from what little mm-hmm. research i've done don't quote me on this uh-huh. is the problem is you got to keep it at a consistent temperature for those 30 days and you got to keep it dry because if it gets wet, that's when the, the bad stuff Rotten. starts to dry okay. or starts to grow. So you can um, – there's a couple companies out there that make dry agers. But a lot of people, you can do it where you wrap them in um, – you wrap them in like a cheesecloth mm-hmm. and stuff like that. that but the, like even the stuff that I've read and the research I've done is like you, you, you do not – once you put it in there, you do not want to open that door. That must be so No funny. picky. No. <laughs> so the only time I've noticed that he will, I think, is when he's like – adding water to his humidor or whatever it is so he'll check on it like once every 10 days or whatever That's and he has a chart eat, stuff though, huh? no why you what if, cut it what all if it's off bad or something i don't know only because you know that with the day of instant gratification that you yeah. know that person doing it looked in it 14 times yeah. <laughs> i think it's fun. but that's what's funny for like man that's sketchy like i'll be scared but i'll go to taco bell at three in the morning <laughs> right <laughs> Like, how is that not No, that's just as bad, huh? I'm not getting the COVID vaccine. Hey, but I'll drink 35 beers the night before. You know, it's like, (laughs) or I'll do so, you know, take 50 million shots now, you know, but I'm not doing a COVID vaccine. I'm not going to eat that meat right there that's been dry sitting in the refrigerator for six weeks. Yeah, right. No, but just have fun. Reach out. Experiment. Try stuff, share recipes. Like that's yeah. the best part about it. And I, yeah, that's a big. I think tra- a lot of a lot of guys have uh, got triggers lately, and uh, I've ta- I've seen guys doing recipes or yeah. you know on Instagram. Good old Bobby Big Dick, huh? Pulled it, pulled it off. Dude. Shocker. <laughs> so he called it. He texted the night before. I texted or I, I yeah messaged. I'm like, man, you ready for tomorrow? He's like, yeah, dude, I'm bringing a dolly. <laughs> I'm like, why? So you can you can wheel Nick off the boat? Well, guess what? Uh, I almost did need a dolly to get off the boat because I got so drunk. But uh, but he did. You know, I watched it happen. So a guy won. I'm like, oh, no one, no one's beating that dude. 
He cut a four and a half pound. No one's catching. It was a sand bass, right? Uh-huh. No one was catching. I'm like, no one, dude. And I'm in the galley, and I look out the window, and I see Bobby. People going, oh, and I see Bobby. Open oh, got it. You know, got it. Bounce it over. I'm like, oh, fucking guy, dude. What was it? What was the it final? It was five, probably. Five pounds yeah, sand bass? Yeah, beat it by half a pound, the other guy. Did you have a bunch of weights in his stomach Pretty before you much. weighed it? Good old Mike Long. <laughs> But I mean, it was. And thank you again for for helping get that, and thank no, you Barbecue Land. Yeah, it was yeah. Barbecue Land. They did all as the well, heavy yeah, you know, lifting. Like so. uh, Brian, we wish he could have came on, but we'll do one with Brian, man. It'll be fun. He'll get him to open up a little, talk about fishing as well, because I know he, yeah. he he wants to come on, but he doesn't. Yeah, I'm not even close to a replacement for Brian. <laughs> so I mean, it'll nobody be, is. Nobody <laughs> is. But thanks again, Roy, for coming on. Thanks Appreciate for having it, us. Thank you, Mike, for letting us doing the shack here it's cool man Absolutely. thanks for sharing yeah. your beef recipe with the world yeah beef recipes Dude, it's yeah, like give one it a try of, we gotta give it my wife's my wife's yeah mike's hot beef mike's <laughs> hot beef ah another one you don't have to use three sticks of butter you can you can you can go one if you need to <laughs> mike's hot beef we got a new recipe for the podcast mike's there's, hot beef there's your hot take thank there's you for, uh, for the, uh we'd like to thank this week's sponsor of mike's hot beef <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks again for coming on. See you. Gotta rub you, dude.